Welcome to the Seeing Through the Numbers podcast. My name is Amanda Fisher, the Cashflow Queen and author of Unscramble Your Numbers. Welcome to episode nine of the Seeing Through the Numbers podcast. Today I'm talking with Jan Reeves, author of the soon to be released book called Get Paid and creator of the e-course by the same name. Welcome to the podcast, Jan. Oh, hello, Amanda. Nice to speak with you. Tell me, just to start off, tell me a bit about yourself. Um, A bit about me. Well, I've had um, had quite a long career and it's always had a little bit to do with getting paid. Um, I started my career in the UK and spent about 20 years working for large corporate organisations in their credit control department. And so I was always involved in uh, getting invoices paid as quickly as possible. Um, From there, I went to, to live in Australia. And after a little while, I started a business, um, a recruitment company or an employment agency, some people would call it, particularly focused on um, helping credit control and collections people to find the right position and by the same token helping organisations to find the right collections and credit control people for their teams. So my whole career I've been involved somehow in getting invoices paid. I find that fascinating because it's the one like it's the one area that so many business owners hate. How did you land there in the first place? Oh really quite by quite by accident. Um, <laughs> like most people some people well in fact lots of people um, end up doing what their parents have had done and so my mother um, my mother worked in an office in the accounts department and, um, look, I was pretty awful at school. I have to say I was expelled when I was 15 <laughs> and I, I went to work in an office like my mum. Right. And I, I, I went to work in the accounts department of an office and gradually, um, gradually I became involved in accounts receivable. And, and, and obviously you're working so, for a number of years doing that kind of work you came to, did you come to love it? Do you, did, was was chasing money in something you actually got to a point where you really enjoyed doing it? Well, I was very lucky because, um, and uh, in fact, I've, I've got a dedication in my book to the first credit manager I worked for. His name was Norman May. And what Norman told me was that people pay people they like. Mm. And... And I think I was about 19 by then. And and really he was such a charming person and the way he built relationships with customers was just amazing. And so sitting next to him all day and being like his protégé, I learned to get customers to like me. And that was in my hometown. And then I went to live in London and I worked for 
um, a very big international organisation, and their philosophy was pretty similar. And it was we work with the customer from the sale right through the sales process until we get our payment at the end and we get our payment as quickly as possible and we service the customer as well as we can so that we build a relationship that lasts for a very long time so that we don't have to be looking for customers, new customers all the time. We keep our existing customers. So I I was very fortunate in that regard as well. But interestingly, when I started my own business, I completely, completely forgot everything that I'd learned because I was in such a different position. When I started my own business, I knew I had to sell. So, and of course, I'd never run a business before. So I was so busy trying to sell and trying to learn how to run a business. I completely and utterly forgot to look after the pay, the payment of the invoices until I got myself in a real muddle, I have to say. That's, that's so often how we learn, isn't it? And it's one of those absurd things that often our expertise does go out the window. I've done the same with cash flow myself. I preach about cash flow. That's my whole sort of being is all about it. And yet I've got myself in those, the same pickles because – I took my eye off the ball of doing that because I was concentrating on, yeah, a bit like you actually, the sales, getting new clients and building the business up and, and just thinking everything else will look after itself. And um, it's amazing how we do that, isn't it? Like, isn't it? It, it seems, it seems, I'm glad you, I'm glad you empathize with me because it seems ridiculous that I spent all those years learning how to get paid. And then for myself, I, really, I, I almost lost my business before it started because I didn't pay attention to the invoices. Wow. And so... Taught me a big lesson, though. Yep, I don't doubt that. Um, and the good thing is you've taken it as a lesson. Of, that's the uh, yes. the other side and, and, and found a way somehow to bounce back from it. Yes. And is that then part of what is your philosophy about getting paid? And so tell me more about how that, how that works or tips and tricks or the nitty-gritty of of debt collection. I love the idea that it's about building relationships because I think we tend to forget that and it's more about pay me the money, you owe me the money kind of thought process. So So what happened after I got myself in a muddle um, and it was, look, it was really quite a big muddle. I think probably it was certainly in the first year I started the business and this was a big mistake because I, I had done a lot of work for one customer, which I learned after a while that that's not the best thing to do, to put all your eggs in one basket. But what happened was that that customer got taken over by another business and their bank account was frozen and they owed me about $100,000 and couldn't pay. Ooh. Yes, exactly. And um, look, it was a massive <laughs> It was a massive amount of money. Mm. Um, and so, look, it was such a shock. And, in fact, I can still remember physically feeling the shock. And so I just had to stop for a moment and put in place some steps that it, so that it never, ever happened again. So I went right back to basics. I went right back to my training and I 
developed a little system, a customer service-based system, actually, because getting paid, taking a, a, an order from a customer and getting paid is a is a holistic process because we all, we we tend to, and I was the same, tend to celebrate if we if we get an order from a customer, but actually until the customer's paid, that is just a debt. And so we are much worse off than we were before. So I developed this little process um, so that my administrator could run it. And really it was starting right from the beginning when we took an order from a customer before we sent out the first invoice. We made sure we knew exactly who needed to receive the invoice, where it needed to go, um, because one of the other things I found out pretty early on was unless we paid attention to our invoices, they went out incorrectly. They might go to the wrong person, the wrong place, have a wrong calculation, and it could be a tiny little error, but all the time there's an error on an invoice, it's never going to be paid. So Yeah, yeah. I I had that example. I I um I do like six and twelve month retainer agreements with clients, and I set one up with a a automated invoice to go out of zero, uh, which I use. And the wording on it was, you know, payment one of twelve or whatever. The next one went out, and of course the wording didn't change. It said, you know, invoice one one of twelve, and it was of course the second invoice, completely different invoice number. And then I had to chase up and talk to the and, and only when I chased up, and this was the bit that always annoys me, is when I chased up, I got told, oh, but but it looks like the same invoice because it's, you know, we've already paid invoice one of 12. Yeah. <laughs> well, the invoice number is different. The month is different. Um, yeah. You could have told me that. Anyway, but, yeah, so even just stupid things like that. Yeah. Um, they're going, oh, for goodness sake, they've agreed it really doesn't matter if it says invoice one of twelve. So now I don't have invoice one of twelve. I'll just simply say monthly invoice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and well, I can put it on an auto repeat and 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 they can't squabble about it. Um but just yeah. I mean you're you're quite right because why don't they let you know? But of course it's not their responsibility to let us know if our invoice is wrong. Yeah, so that's the very first thing. Um and that can be done in to find out where you know exactly where the invoice needs to go and what it needs to look like can be done with customer service. So that's the first thing, really. You before you send the invoice out, you make this lovely customer service call to say, I, "We just want to get this exactly right for you. Where does it need to go? Who does it need to go to?" And so yep. you're starting the relationship about the invoice with the customer in a very positive environment. Because one of the mistakes that small business owners make, I think, is they leave they leave it until the invoice is overdue. They feel that the customer should have paid, but they don't know why it hasn't paid. They haven't paid, and then the conversation starts on a, a negative foot. That's right. And that's not the best way to start a conversation about an invoice. And so my philosophy is, we start at the beginning in a positive positive environment and we start to build a relationship with the customer about the invoice in a positive environment and then we continue through the sales process talking to the customer about the invoice 
to make sure that by the time it is due for payment, that it's paid, that the customer's satisfied with the invoice, it's all fine and it's going to be paid. And so I teach people, I teach small business owners, how to talk to the customer again about the invoice before it's due for payment in a customer service way. So we're not talking about we want payment of our invoice. We're talking about is this invoice fine? Was the delivery fine? I'm glad you're enjoying our product. Is everything in place? Is there anything else I can help you with? And so, we're again, we're building a relationship in a positive environment about the invoice. And it gives us the opportunity, if there is something wrong, if the invoice is in the wrong place, it's on somebody's desk, it's got a problem on it, then we can fix that and look like a customer service superstar before the invoice is due for payment. I love that. I think... Oh, good. Yeah, everybody just, you do the work, you send out the invoice, you hope to goodness they'll pay within your seven days, 14 days, whatever, 20, 30 days, whatever your terms are. Yeah. And then it doesn't get paid and then and then it's like, oh, now what do I do? You know, do I pick up the phone? I don't want to have to talk to them um, about money. And, and and I think particularly for people in service industries, it's, it is one of the challenges um, that yeah. you don't want to ruin the relationship. Definitely. Because you're now chasing them up for payment. Um, and, and particularly as a small business where, Potentially, the person who's done the delivery is also the person chasing up for the payment. It's not a different person. I think it's easier sometimes if if you've kind of got an accounts person who is the one and it takes a little bit of that off. But it is always when it's too late um, and it's kind of, yes. look, if you, like, it's almost after the horse has bolted in a sense, isn't it? Um, yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Well, because I had a service business, and you're, and you're exactly right. When you've got a service business, it's all about the relationship. And after, so after I'd had this huge shock where I almost lost the business and I devised this little strategy and it had to be, it had to be run by an administrator. So it had to be non-confrontational. It had to be service oriented. But what I learned in the next few years was that building strong relationships with customers benefited us a thousandfold. We got paid on time. They liked our service and so they reordered. They didn't go off to a competitor. And the the third thing was that they referred us to other companies, other prospects. And so what happened in my case, and I guess, you know, I built on it, first of all, it freed me up as the business owner because I didn't have to worry about cash flow. It freed me up as the business owner to be able to work on profit, to be able to work on growth and, and yes, profit. And what happened in the business was that recruitment companies traditionally make under 10% profit. They make perhaps three or four and some much less than that. Mine was profit of 24%. And so so what that enabled me to do was build a valuable business so that when it was time for me to retire, then I had a valuable business that somebody wanted to buy. And it all stemmed from, really, a little bit of administrative customer service 
to make sure we develop this relationship with customers. So they wanted to pay us. Yes. Yeah. And and what you're saying is the same thing that I talk about, which is if you understand your cash flow, if you know what money's coming in when and what needs to go out and you've kind of projected what that looks like. Yes. You can get on a, a going about your business, doing what you need to, to focus on the profit, to grow the business, get new customers, create new products or services, all the, what I call the fun things, all the things that you want to be doing as a business owner because you know that the cash flow is sorted. Yes. And obviously a major part of the cash flow sorting is the money coming in um, and knowing when it's going to come in and being able to rely on the fact that, yes, we invoiced, that customer or client on that particular date, I know on this day that money will hit my bank account. And yes, I know with, with a lot of my clients now, that's what I've got happening. I invoice on this day. I know, you know, particularly for a number of them, end of the month, I know I'll get paid. I don't need to ask. I don't need to follow up. Yes. I know the money will hit my bank account at the end of the month. And it means I can get on with providing them with that good service through the month because I'm not worrying about, yes. oh, gosh, are they going to pay me? Am I not going to get paid? When's the money yes. going to hit the bank account? You know, what does it look like? Yes, um, yes. So fantastic. Love that. So if you've got a situation where you are in a position where potentially you you maybe you have done all the good relationship building or maybe you haven't. Yes. Um, if you've got a situation where someone hasn't paid yes and you're needing to now deal with an overdue invoice what what are your maybe top three tips or what are your tips on how to handle that when you're now sort of let's say reasonably beyond whatever reasonably beyond is but not the day after but you know it's now overdue and how how do you what do you recommend for handling that Okay, well, there's, we're, there's a couple of things, actually. I mean, I guess it depends. So if we're talking about a situation where we haven't spoken to the customer at all since we took their order, and let's say the invoice is 30 to 10 days overdue or something, um, what I would definitely recommend is don't assume the customer hasn't paid because they don't want to pay. First of all, and, and I talk about this in my book, actually. This is an expression from my mum, which is give people the benefit of the doubt, yep. dear. <laughs> and, and so don't assume that the customer's in the wrong. Start off on a positive foot and make an investigative customer service call to find out why the invoice hasn't been paid. And so... In my book and in my course, I go through, I give um, small business owners a whole series of open questions that they can ask to get the answers that they want. But essentially, if they feel that they're not getting it, or, or essentially there could be a problem with the invoice, might not be there. Might, you know, if, if you've had no contact since you took the order, the invoice might not be in the right place for the right person or it could be, as you say, uh, have an error on it and be buried on someone's desk waiting for you to make the call. <laughs> so yep. I would always go through on a positive note, is there something wrong with the invoice? Is there something that we can do to help you be in a position to pay your invoice? You know, have we done something wrong? Um, but 
if uh, if we know that there's nothing wrong with the invoice and we're sort of getting a bit of a runaround, there's a couple of things um, that I've said to customers. One is, is something wrong? And you can say to the receptionist in a business, is something wrong? Because people absolutely hate to think that there's something wrong right. in in my business. Yep. So, so that had that that has got me instant payments lots of times. I have to say, not in my own business because we never got to that stage. Sure. But uh, previously, that's worked really well. So, um, so yes, so expressions like that. Um, other sort of things that get answers, but if and you need to be persistent, obviously. But I would never ever suggest to anyone that they lose their temper because there's absolutely no purpose. We we can't force a customer to pay. What we can do is persuade them or coerce them into paying. Um, if they've got a hardship problem. Um, if people feel confident about negotiating part payments, they could do that. But if a small business owner feels that the relationship with the customer is broken down or they don't trust the customer, then to be quite honest, I would pass it to an expert because all the time, because if the small business owner doesn't have the expertise to recover what essentially is looking like a bad debt and probably that's not the best skill for a small business owner um i think it's better given to um, someone that specializes in that area because the longer an invoice is outstanding the more likely it is that it will never be paid at all so if you've got a situation where um yeah you haven't nurtured this relationship the invoices, you may whether it's a product or service doesn't matter. It, they've got whatever they've paid, whatever they've been invoiced for. You've invoiced. It's now like so. The invoice was due today. Let's say how long after that? Assuming you make a few phone calls and try and chase it up, how much after that do you? you know, how much longer do you reckon you give before you say, you know what? I'm going to call the experts in. This is just, I'm not getting anywhere. I mean, I guess if you're not getting the phone, if they're not even talking to you and not answering the phone and, and seemingly avoid you, then perhaps that's a straight away, okay, that's that's a red flag. I need to do something about that. But, um, you know, if they are kind of talking and pushing you around a bit, like do you give them a, another 30 days and, and let them go? No, no, no. No, absolutely not. I mean, it rather depends on the circumstances, but it's interesting that you call you use that expression red flag because both in my course and um, in my book, I've got a whole section on how to recognise a red flag and what to do about it. And so, if I mean, all situations are different, but are different. But if if people aren't being truthful or intuitively you feel that there's something wrong then one of the things you can do is send a seven-day letter, which is this invoice, really, it, it just says one or two things. This invoice was due for payment X. As far as we're aware, or you haven't advised that there's any problem on the invoice, unless it's paid in seven days by this date, 
and always put a date, um, it will be referred to oh, outside hands for recovery. And, and that can get a response. Um, but it needs then, if it isn't paid in seven days, it definitely needs to go into outside hands for recovery because, as I say, the longer it's outstanding, the more likely it is it will never be paid. And if the if by that, I mean, the relationship would have sort of broken down if there ever was one. Yes. And so there's no point in sort of trying to nurture a relationship after oh, that. But, that's right. Sorry, I was just going to say, I mean, one of the challenges I have as I see my clients' books and records is uh, knowing the state of their bank balance and and then knowing how much they owe me and then working on, okay, how do we have this conversation? I'm not asking you to talk about this one, but for me I have this extra layer of challenge because I really know what their cash position is yes. and whether it's even worth my while to chase it up or not. Um and certainly I've had some interesting situations that way where I've, I've done work for businesses that have not had the capacity to pay and and in some ways I've done it because I wanted to get them out of a, out of a you know, a, a, a deadline that they needed to meet, like a tax, back when I was doing my accounting, had my accounting Pickle. practice, yes. you know, we had VAS returns, tax returns that needed to be lodged and wanted to get them done so they didn't get more penalties. But then, of course, all that did was meant, meant more more owing to me or an invoice owing to me that yes. potentially I was never going to get paid for. So I I find this an interesting conversation with you, Jan, because I, I yes. as I say, I have a a level of understanding of my clients that is not what most people have when when they're dealing with people, um, which adds another layer to, to mine and, yes. and not wanting necessarily yes. to break what is an otherwise a great relationship from a working perspective with the fact that we have this invoice payment that needs to be sorted. Um, yes. And had, and had interesting conversations with some clients over in the past where they know that every single conversation they have with me is going to finish up with, um, okay, so now you know what the question is I'm going to ask? And they go, yeah, I know. So, you know, how are you, when are you going to get some money to me? How are you going to, like, where are you at? Can you get some money to me this week? You know, I'm for, and they know that every time, if they ask for my advice, they'll always be asking, so when is the payment going to come through? When when can I expect another payment? Or um, and 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 you know, I never enjoyed doing that. It was it to me, it, you know, in a sense, it tainted the relationship to have to have that conversation. But it was the only way. And and short of saying, well, you don't pay your bills, and I don't want you as a client anymore, which obviously mm. potentially mm. perhaps. In retrospect, for some of them, I probably should have. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's something you kind of, it's a hard one to do when you've got someone who is, who you do have a good relationship with, but their financial situation is such that it's it's awkward on the getting paid side. Um, is it because they do have outstanding accounts that they haven't, being paid for is that why they're short of funds yes yeah, sometimes it can be sometimes it's that sometimes sometimes it's just that they're not quite yeah you know, they're in early stage business some and it is timing exercises um and i'm trying to get them to better understand their cash flow so that they can be more 
able to pay not mm. only me but other bills that are outstanding as well. Mm. So um, the times that mm. I get crankiest, though, is when money's owing to me and then you discover they've gone on some overseas holiday um, and with the family and you think, well, I get that you need a holiday, I get you need a break, but you've owed me money for you know extended period of time. Mm. You actually need mm. to get your priorities right. You need to pay your bills to me and whoever else is outstanding and have a staycation at home with the family rather than an expensive overseas holiday. So um, there are things that <laughs> rile one up a bit when you... Oh, I should say, and uh, look, I with someone who who doesn't really understand their priorities around a business very well, I don't, um, it's highly likely that, that it's not, the business won't be sustainable, I, I rather think. Yeah, that's right. In, in those sorts of instances, yeah. yeah. That's exactly right. Yes. That's fantastic. Well, I, that's been, it's been great talking to you. I have a couple of um, questions I'd just like to finish up with that are a little different, little left field. Um, and my first one is if you were to recommend to our listeners one business book that's made an impact on you, what would that be? Probably um, as a small business owner, it was the E-Myth, which was the first, yes, which is the first business book that I read. Um, and my fr- my friend recommended it to me when I started my business and I was probably working 10 hours a day, seven days a week, and the business was successful, but, you know, I was sort of walking around on my knees really because I was I was just worn out. So that was, yeah, that was the start. That gave me a really good understanding of what I should be doing as a small business owner. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, that that is one of the... Uh... You know the all-time greats of the business books that I think uh, yeah. uh, a, a lot, of, certainly a lot of people have read, and uh, it's just as valid today as it was when it first came out. Um, yes. Obviously, quite it's, it, that's I remember when Michael Gerber wrote that quite a while ago now. I think, um, uh, but yes, just uh, very still as relevant today as, mm. as it was then. Um, and my final question to you is. What is the one piece of advice you'd give to our listeners to help them with their cash flow? Oh, um, treat treat invoice or invoices in the same way that you treat a sale because a sale a sale is fabulous, but it isn't really a sale until it's paid for. So celebrate the sale, treat the whole thing holistically, and celebrate getting paid. And just be aware that customers generally do want to pay their invoices yeah. um, as long as they're treated it in the right way. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Um, and I think that's right. It, 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 you know, we can get too caught up in the, in the sale at the time when someone says, yes, I want to buy uh, from yes. you. And, and that's fantastic to celebrate that, but really it's uh, – it's uh, yes. it's really not a done deal until the money's in the bank account. So uh, no, because if yeah. we can celebrate the sale, but if it's not paid, we might as well have stood out at the window and thrown all our money out the window. Because in effect, mm. that's you know, unless it's paid, that's what we've done. That's it. That's exactly right. 
Thank you again very much, Jan, for being on the Seeing Through the Numbers podcast today. Awesome. Loved all your insights. I've learned a lot from this as well, and I'm sure our listeners have. And for our listeners, do tune in to the next episode where I'll be talking all about the important forecasting. So now that we've got relationships happening with our clients and customers so that they're paying us on time, and when we, can we, when we can expect them and we know when to expect payment, we can start to look at doing some forecasting of what the cash flow is going to look like. So thank you again, Jan. Loved having you on the show. You're very welcome. That's lovely. Enjoyed talking with you. Thank you. And um, watch out for next time's episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Seeing Through the Numbers podcast. Make sure you subscribe to get notifications of upcoming episodes so that you don't miss any. Looking forward to seeing you in the next episode.